Hello, 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 6am run community, 6am run listeners, everyone like runners. Thank you so much for continuing to make our podcast, you know, grow bigger, better. I hope I'm becoming a better host. Obviously, I'm very excited to speak with our next host, our next guest. I'm the host. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of podcasting. Also, I've been on a few episodes myself, Jeremy. So bear with me. But welcome to the 6am run show, Jeremy Frisk. How are you doing? I'm good, man. And I mean, technically I am a host because I have my own podcast. So that wasn't even a blunder. That was a perfect, perfect lead in. (laughs) But no, dude, super appreciate you having me on and excited to just see what our conversation holds. And yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah. So obviously, no, one of the reasons you have a show called Mastery of Self. Um, You have a book, you know, obviously some of the things you work on is just energy and understanding, you know, I'm, I'm reading from your bio right now, energy and understanding the motives and belief systems driving human interactions. I mean, like, it seems like you've put a lot of thought and effort into what can, you know, help a human, you know, just in our day-to-day lives, you know, be motivated to go into the next day. And I think right now more than ever, there's like anxiety. There's so many things that are going on. Like, Break down for us, what are some of the best successes you've seen and what do those traits those people carry that makes their days better than, let's say, someone else who just is very down on themselves, mopey, and just isn't motivated to tackle their days? Totally, man. That's a a great question. And I just want to, just one clarifying point. The name of my podcast is Compounding Happiness, where I focus on mastery of self. Yeah, which is totally easy to overlook. One of the things, my favorite question that I always end the podcast that I do is, what do you do intentionally every single day to add happiness and value to your life? And with the wide array of guests that I had, there's been two answers that 95% of the guests have shared. And they're repeat answers. I'm going, okay, there's something to this. And they're gratitude and meditation. And for me, I thought it was really interesting because my journey, so to speak, into the personal development space started with gratitude, started with, okay, life is really tough right now. I don't know what else to do. You know, I can do all of these things, but I'm not even in a mindset where I feel excited, motivated, or inspired to go do these things. And then I read something and it was, it's impossible to stay stressed while you're in a state of gratitude. Sure. And I went, wow. Okay. Like I, I tend to characterize myself as a pretty grateful person but the intentional practice of gratitude. And so what I did, and it's such an easy, simple, laughable practice, is every single day in the shower, before I get out of the shower, no matter if the water runs out, if I'm running 30 minutes late, no matter what, I have to intentionally pause and list out 10 things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes it's, I'm grateful that I get to get out of the shower in a minute because the water's cold. I'm thankful that I get to do this. And sometimes it's just the most surface level. I'm thankful that I even have a shower. And then sometimes it gets really deep, really personal, really intricate. Like I'm thankful that I have the mindset that I have to be able to love other people and have compassion. I'm thankful for these belief patterns that I have seen rise up in me that allows me to challenge myself and grow as an individual. But regardless of what they are, It's 10 things that I'm grateful for. But I also want to preface with, in the beginning, 10 things was too much for me. I couldn't think of 10 things that I was grateful for. So I started out with, okay, I'm going to do one thing that I'm grateful for. And then I just systematically built on top of that, of what are other things? How, How can I take this practice, layer it onto something I'm already doing, which is a shower, 
and then build from that. And so I just started doing this gratitude exercise. So when I started my podcast a few years ago, it was really interesting. I was super obsessed with what makes people happy? Is my version of happiness the same as someone else's? And if so, what are the commonalities? If not, what are the differences? But the commonality always seemed to come back to gratitude and meditation. Wow. So I want to take gratitude back a little bit. I think sometimes I like to be gratuitous. I like to be grateful. I like to be thankful. I think that you're not wrong there. I want you to help me understand a few other things. Totally. So I'm going to ask questions. So, but on the other end of it, I also like to think of it also as just giving as well, right? Like, I'll give you a perfect example. When I first started, and I, I it's funny, I said on our pre-call, Jeremy, that we don't talk about our company, but I'm going to here in this instance, because <laughs> I want you to understand something. When we first started the company, we had almost no money. Obviously, my wife and I put everything into this company to grow it. We knew we had a product runners wanted, right? One thing we found out was that runners, especially when you have an online business, right? Customer service is different than in retail, right? If we, if my wife and I had a store where customers walked into, it'd be a lot easier for us to see their needs and give them the right formula for their needs, right? With totally. 6amrun.com, we have all the formulas that they need, but we were noticing people were getting the wrong thing, right? And then when the pandemic hit, we can't take a bottle back and resell it. It's kind of in a way, not that it's been contaminated, but you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't resell something that's been in someone else's home. So one of the things we started doing, and I I take it to your gratuity remark, knock on wood, 6am run. And if you Google us now, no complaints online. What we found was we told people, look, you got the wrong thing, right? You keep that. We have a hundred percent. Now it's that we call it our 125% money back guarantee. Keep the formula that you think is not for you. Give it to a neighbor. Give it to anyone else you know that runs that might want to use it. But we're going to send you the real product you needed. And, you know, it was a loss on our end. Okay. Mm -hmm. But guess what? What we found two, three months later, all the customers were coming back. And you have your 84% return rate that we've got, right? So you, you might call it gratuity. I also want to say, I don't know what the right word, I just say giving. We really just discovered, look, we've got to be generous and we've got to give. And if we have customer service like that, what we're going to create, and it sucked because like that turnaround wasn't immediate, right? Like we weren't like that. You didn't see that retention of that customer like the very next day. You really did have to wait till like a month or two months later in some cases. And then you saw, oh my God, that customer did come back. But that kind of goes to your, hey, I'm grateful. I'm grateful you came to our site. I'm going to make sure this experience is amazing for you. And once I found out, like, look, I'm going to be more of a giver, not so much demand money from a customer and and go that route, business got better, right? Life gets better when you give, right? Like if I know, hey, I'm not going to worry about what I want for Christmas, but I'm going to make sure everyone else has a great Christmas. Well, guess what? Christmas time gets better. Am I crazy for putting it that way? Yeah, I think what I love about that, a quote that came to mind, I think by Gandhi is, if you're ever struggling to find your purpose, get lost in the service of others. Yep. Where if you don't know who you are, focus on other people. How can you love them? How can you give to them? How can you serve them? And I have found that by doing that, by focusing on other people and giving and serving and gratitude, you just put yourself into the right mindset and the state of being to be able to be more productive and execute on your goals because you've now attached a why that's infinitely bigger than the limited expanse that you're saying, this is what I want to do, but going, it's not just about me anymore. It's about everyone else and like right? making a difference in the world, my family, my friends, and having that bigger why, kind of what you were hinting at of, 
here's what we do, here's our product, but our service is to give. It sounds like that's working really well for you. So I want to commend you on that of finding a bigger why outside of how can I make money, you know? (laughs) Well, and then it goes back to, you know, I think there's just, there's a lot of things and I don't want to make this so much, like I said, about a, a business, but I think that, like I said, when you really genuinely want to make someone happy, right? I think that, you know, if you're able to put Look, there's no secret every single person in this country, at least I'll say that, needs money to live day to day, especially right now more than ever with inflation. (laughs) But it really, if you can at least be more of a, but I'm going to make sure I do it, you know, happy, you know, I'll go back to restaurants, right? A restaurant can have, I I curse a little bit, Jeremy. Totally fine. I was about Um, to ask you that. (laughs) A, A restaurant can give me shitty food, right? But if I if the if the waiter was like on top of the drinks asking me if I'm okay a hundred times, like chances are I'll suck it up and like just either eat the food, put it in a doggy bag, like whatever. Now the flip side of that, right? Like if a restaurant's got mediocre food, but the service is shit, like you know, or even if the restaurant has really good food, but the service is shit, like it all comes down to service, kind of what you just said. So that's where I'm more, I know we went off on the little gratuity. I think the last thing on your gratuity remark, I've said this probably, we've published today while you and I are speaking, we've published about 22 podcasts. We've got about 20 more that are about to be published. But let me tell you the theme in all of these, it, it comes back to and I'm going to beat up this kind of uh, story or this off uh, this kind of folktale. But look, there's always going to be the guy that wants a Lamborghini, right? Like I want that Lamborghini. I want that mansion. But then for that guy, there's always a guy under him that says, man, I would just like to have a freaking car. And then there's a guy under that that would say, man, you want a car? I wish I had a bike. And then for that, there's a guy that says a bike, man, I wish I had legs. I could walk. Like there's always someone when you take gratuity and look at it from more like an aerial view, there's always someone that's got it worse than you. And I think that's what people just sometimes can't, not that you can comprehend it. I think that's what sometimes people can't remind themselves every day. Like, look, my situation freaking sucks right now, but guess what? I have a roof over my head. My situation really sucks right now, but guess what? I have a great, amazing spouse. My situation sucks right now, but guess what? I've got two healthy kids. Like there's so many things that I think, like to your point, you can at least say, yeah, but, and put in something gratuitous to the end of that statement and just go about your day and not give a fuck about the problem. Yeah, well, I think one thing that stood out to me in that that just kept coming up in my mind was if you can't be thankful for what you already have, what makes you think that you deserve or are going to be thankful for getting something in the future? You know, if you're, I wish that I had a Lamborghini. Well, are you thankful for the car that you currently have? Because chances are, if you actually were, you'd go, wow, I'm so lucky that I have this. And then the opportunities that would present themselves for you to either earn the money or find the Lamborghini, they're going to show up because they go, oh, this is a person who's actually willing to receive versus in this state of lack and scarcity. I don't want to gravitate towards that. (laughs) Yeah. No, you're 1000% right on that. Yeah. I love that. Now I want to flip back now on your other side of that about the meditation. Let's spend a little bit of time on that one. And by the way, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I know this is a me problem. I cannot clear my mind, focus on breathing and meditate. Then I just, just so many things come to my head. I had a hypnosis. We haven't published this episode yet either. Running for me, one hour a day of running 
that kind of puts me in this hypnotic. I've, I found out that's what this is. This kind of like, it's like a getaway, right? It's a state of hypnosis. It centers me and I really can escape my problems. For one hour a day, I can go. I have my wits about me. I can watch out for cars. I can watch out for potholes, but it's weird. It takes me to this transcendental place that I can't get to just crossing my legs and trying to meditate. It just doesn't work. What's your thought when I tell you that versus just the common regular meditation that some people do? Yeah, I think that there's a few interesting parts of what you said that I want to dissect. And one is, I think that there's different types of meditation that sometimes for me, it is just sitting in silence and closing my eyes for an hour, two hours, three hours, and just trying to be still, trying to be calm. There's also times where I do that and I fall asleep in it. So then it's like, okay, did I meditate or did I nap? Sometimes it's, I need to get active and go for a walk and just kind of talk out loud to myself, or I need to go for a run, or I need to go to the gym. So I think one of the important things is to identify, okay, what is my intention going into this thing? And I think Uh if you set your intention, and it sounds like for you, you've identified running is an escape for you. That's how you kind of level out. You get to clear your head. You're in this transcendent state for most of the time. And you typically know that you're going to experience that. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep torturing yourself that way because you know that that long-term gratification is coming. And during the process, you're really going to enjoy it. I think one thing that I've been able to find in, quote-unquote, the traditional meditation practice of just sitting in silence or listening to music and just sitting there and trying to clear my head is that I'm not trying to escape my problems. It's learning to love myself and love those problems, to be okay with this. So instead of quite literally running away from them, it's just, let me just sit in it for a second. Let me feel What is this trying to show me? Why is this coming up? And what that's taught me is it's okay to have that. It's okay to have those frustrations and the desire to escape, but the, the inner confidence it gives me to go, you know what, this is going to be the hardest thing I do all day of sitting in silence and just hearing those thoughts just constantly bombard me of, well, you need to do this today. What about this, 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 and actively taking that stand to fight against it. That gives me so much inner confidence of, you know what, for the rest of the day, I've already done the heavy lifting. I've already done the the hard part of all the inner critics and inner demons telling me the million reasons why I can't do something or I'll fail. I sat with those. I slayed that dragon. I looked it in the eye and tomorrow they're going to be back and I'm going to yeah. do it again. <laughs> wow. I do love that. Now, again, other stories you've heard on your episodes. I mean, so those were the two, you said those are like the two just most kind of like... Mm-hmm they stuck out to you. Uh, More than not, people were saying those two things. What else like were you seeing and have you learned from some of your guests? I feel really fortunate to have had the caliber of guests that I've been able to have. I've had Navy SEALs, I've had Buddhist monks, I've had Hollywood actors, stand-up comedians, CEOs of companies in Silicon Valley, just a wide array of people just focused on the intention of what is your story? What can I learn from you? Like, I'm such a curious person and to see people from all these different backgrounds share their insights and beliefs. And one of the common themes, one of the successes that I have repeatedly seen is embracing the uncertainty, embracing the suck, embracing the pain and not viewing it as something, oh, I'm rejected or, oh, I failed or whatever. It's like, this can be, everything is neutral. You get to assign the meaning to it. 
And if wow. you completely fail on your sales call or your sales pitch, cool. It's not that you suck as a person. It's that your tactic may have been wrong or you were having an off day. What could you have done better? Right. But before you answer, what could I have done better? Celebrate those small wins of, okay, I didn't want to do this call in the first place, but I got up, I showed up and I did it. Right. Here's also what I did right. So embracing the uncertainty and realizing that things are neutral, you get to assign the meaning to it and taking that control of your life and remembering how much power we actually have. But it's like also this weird cyclical catch-22 where try to establish as much control of your life as you can, but also be in a state of surrender, knowing that there's things out of your control. So finding that balance of uncertainty with certainty and just realizing, and I'll, I'm going to say it a third time because it was so life-changing for me to learn this lesson, that everything that happens to you is neutral. You get to assign the meaning to it. So is it going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? Is it going to be a lesson learned? Is it going to be a failure? You get to decide that. I love that. I love that. So, wow, that just kind of hits a, a lot. Let me ask you this. I think sometimes I want to kind of bring something up with you. I think you're the perfect guest to bring this up with, and I want your thought on this. I think sometimes what I wish people could also do, and I think that you're you're kind of hitting the nail and we're getting a little bit to your, this is going to be a little long-winded, but bear with me. Okay. I always say people don't need personal trainers. I've talked to, you know, professional like boxers, right? And they're like, you know, I don't need sometimes a, a coach. I know how to box. I know how to play my sport, right? But I always feel like you still, well, one thing that's pretty cool, I think you need someone in your corner who's a hype man, right? I can go online right now and literally learn how to do any fitness routine, right? I don't necessarily need a personal trainer. I think we all can agree there. But what a personal trainer can do and, and why they're worth every penny is they can be there for you. They can push you and they can push you to get better every day, do one more rep every day, go back. You know what I mean? Like those are things that I think is why a personal trainer needs to be paid for. Right. But outside of just saying, Hey, this is how you do a bench press. <laughs> like that's not something I need a personal trainer for. Right. But what I love about your kind of enthusiasm right now, what you're bringing on the show, I've always thought if people can also, not everyone can afford personal trainers. For damn sure, not everyone can afford a life coach, right? But what we are our own best friends. We talk to ourselves more than we talk to anyone else any, any other time during the day, right? I probably have more conversations with myself during the course of a day than my own wife, right? Yeah. Like, so why can people sometimes just not motivate themselves? I think. The answer is exactly in the question. Is they're trying to motivate themselves? I think motivation is great. I think that's amazing. But what about the days where you wake up and you don't have motivation? To me, motivation is almost this synthetic thing that we wait for that epiphany moment and then we'll take action. Versus once you start taking action, the motivation comes. So sometimes right. you just have to do that very first thing, as silly as it is, and the motivation comes. But I think on a much, much deeper level of maybe why people aren't able to stay motivated or they don't want to get up or they don't want to work out or whatever it might be, I think that there's some sort of inner belief there that's blocking them from that, where at some point okay. in life, they may have received love from someone for, say, okay, so, so bear with me. This is going to be kind of a, a weird example. So we've all seen it. We all know someone who's extremely out of shape. Yet you just tell them to eat well, exercise. It's really not that hard, right? Like in theory, it shouldn't be that hard. 
But when you have layered on top of that for some people, these really deep, intricate childhood beliefs or traumas or patterns that have just been repeating themselves for years and years and years and years and years, you might be 45 operating with a five-year-old internal operating software. So you need yeah. to you need to update that internal operating software. And I think one of the things that people get stuck on with that is that at one point they probably got love for being fat. Right. Even if that love came in the form of someone being like, hey man, like even though you're this, I still love you for that. Or they have friends who are in that same position. So to level up or to take that leap and to ascend to the next level, they might have to leave behind friends, family. It's not just this concept of, yeah, I'm going to lose weight. It's, well, what else are you losing with that? You're probably saying no to going out with the guys on Friday night having drinks and pizza. You're probably saying no to the all-you-can-eat breakfast brunch buffet on Sundays. Right, You're probably right, right. saying no to staying up late, playing video games, or watching Netflix because you know you have to get up early. So that shift of, okay, I need to be motivated to do these things has to be tied to something so much greater than yourself. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I think people who can achieve and make these titan-sized goals and execute on them, they're doing it not just because this is what I want to do, this would be cool. It's, I want to be the best husband I can, the best brother I can, the best wife I can be, the best son or daughter or whoever it might be. And if I link it to something bigger than myself, you don't have to rely on motivation because you're disciplined at that point. On those days where you don't want to get up, you now have the tools needed to go, okay, I don't want to get up. I recognize I'm not motivated, but I love my family and I'm doing this for them. I want to be able to show up as best as I can for them. And I know that if I do this, that'll happen. Cool. Yeah. I work out so many times where I'm unmotivated. So many times, but it's not because I'm this perfect specimen by any means, but it goes, I know that I'll just have a better day and I can be a better boyfriend. I can be a better son, friend, right. everything if I do that, if I don't rely on this motivation, but I go, I'm, I'm just going to be disciplined. And right. I, th I think that that ultimately is a much, much deeper lasting solution rather than, okay, I'm going to do this 30 day program, figure out your why, why are you doing this? Cause mm -hmm. 30 days is going to come. You might reach your goal. Then what, what's your inspiration to keep going? So you bring up a great point. It's all about discipline, right? It, it takes discipline to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, right? I always mm -hmm. say this, one of my comments, I, I want to make sure we say this carefully. I know a lot of people suffer from a lot of different things, but we say this. I think if I, one of my things, I've, I've, I always talk to my friends about this. You know, if I tell you right now in America at this moment, who's the most popular CEO that you can just use, he's at the top, two of them actually, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, I'll say, if I just told you right now, people really love, admire, you think of your Elon Musk and your Jeff Bezos, right? Both of those individuals, first thing they do on discipline, especially the both of them living out in the West Coast, is getting up at five in the morning, being able to be accessible to the East Coast, right? Like both of them usually do some kind of fitness routine. Forget fitness for a second. They have bodyguards to ensure they're also safe being, right? The first thing and priority for both of them is their physical health, albeit through fitness or even through like security to make sure like nobody like hurts them, right? that's how committed to success though they are, right? Like, I think I read somewhere like Tim Cook for Apple, like his security detail costs $5 million a year. 
Mm. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's even beyond fitness. And the reason I say that is I think people just think, oh, well, I do want people to understand. Like, I think if you get up every morning and work out, that's going to provide you with a level of discipline that at its core, what I always tell people is if you first and foremost, take care of your physical health, relationship health, friendship health, job and professional health. I think relationship health with both your wife, both your kids, spouse, if you're a woman, I should say all type of relationships, all partnerships in in relationships. Um, Let me make sure I I clarify that. But, you know, all of that is going to be much better because you're a healthier person. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And there's a psychological component that I think comes with that as well. If you're the kind of person who gets up at 5 a.m. to go for a run, you're already in the upper class, the top 1%. So what else does a person who gets up at 5 a.m. for a run, what else do they do throughout the rest of the day? They're probably not going to McDonald's right after their run. They're probably not spending their day inside watching TV. They're probably eating healthy. They're probably focused on community. They have a sense of alignment and passion and purpose in what they're doing. So that to me was a very monumental realization was if I can identify and implement this pattern or this habit of a successful person, just naturally the byproducts that I was also seeking came with it. We're focusing on physical health. Yeah, I was getting up at 5 a.m. That was also meant that I was taking cold showers in the morning to help me wake up. It meant that I was doing breathing exercises before going to the gym. It meant that I was like putting my phone down for an hour before bed each night because I knew, okay, 3.45 a.m. is coming up soon. I got to get up. And then before you know it, I've built this pinnacle or this representation of, holy cow, I just I have 30 successful habits that I've implemented into my life. And I didn't even know it, but it stemmed from something as simple as I want to work out. Your whole life can change by making that one simple decision because you're now in the same group, the same category of people who do that. And most people who do that are also successful in other areas of life, just as you said. Wow. I, I do love that. I want to commend you. I love the idea of this podcast, the 6 a.m. run, you know, what just listening to that while you're running, get some inspiration and the thoughts that you have and get to challenge yourself in. I love the idea. Love the name. Love what you're doing, bro. This is this is really cool. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And and, and you really have, have articulated. I'm, I'm kind of like I'm at a little bit of a, a loss because you and I have the same kind of thinking, same philosophy. I appreciate that because even as I was putting in your bio for our podcast, um, when I was putting it um, just, you know, in our notes, I was like, wow, like the synergy is the same. I think one of the things you laughed about, we talked about in our pre-call and we, we can talk about it now. I'm just very tired, I think. And I say this with love. I don't want to upset anyone or anything like that, but I'm tired of the influencers that just say, get up, work hard, or, you know, they just say these like jargon type slangs that yes, that's cool and all, but like, you're not providing someone with an action item, right? You're not telling someone go do X, Y, and Z, and you will find happiness. You're just basically telling someone to be positive. And, and it's almost as if like, it's almost as if I, if I walk up to someone who, you know, it has some kind of struggle and I say, look, just smile. It'll make, it'll be better. And that's not truly the case. Like I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying positivity doesn't make sense, but there has to be some work outside of that, right? Yes. Change your attitude, but also incorporate boom, boom, boom. Like, and I think everyone's different. So boom, boom, boom might not be the same for everyone else. Sorry, that might sound stupid the way I'm saying it, but like (laughs) X, Y, and Z might not be like the same for everyone, but I think you're getting it, Jeremy, what we're both talking about here. 
Totally. And I think to add on to what you were saying, that having a task without any idea how to execute it just creates deep frustration. If someone says, yeah, think positive or be positive, sometimes life happens and being positive isn't what you're supposed to do. Because my thinking is, yeah, being positive can be really helpful. But if you're going through a tough time and you start lying to yourself about, yeah, that everything is really great right here, yep. you're robbing yourself the experience of the full human capacity of extreme joy and extreme sorrow and pain and loss. And I, I tend to congratulate myself if I'm feeling really low or really down in the dumps. It's, wow, how cool is it that I have the ability to feel this deeply? And yes, this feeling sucks right now but I still get to feel. I would much rather experience this than be numbed out my whole life. So I think my approach on it is be aware and be honest about where you're at, but you can still have an optimistic viewpoint of it. So it's not just stay positive, do this, this, this. It's accept where you are, have the awareness of it, but view it through an optimistic lens so that you can make that situation work for you in the future rather than have it devastate you and set you a hundred paces back. I love that. This was a great conversation. We're kind of coming to the fourth quarter here. Yes, sir. I definitely, your podcast, your information, like we're going to share that. Great. I want you to say all that. Any last words? What else are you thinking like that you want to share with our guys? Um, definitely also as you sum it up, like any last words, any last kind of uh, a story you want to share, but also please, Jeremy, a last words, what people can learn. And also the last thing where people can get a hold of you, listen to your podcast or get in touch with you. Totally. I'll start with the ladder of that because it's easier. You can just go to my website, jeremyfrisk.com. I wrote a book last year, published that. I have a podcast that I do every week. And I'm also in the process of launching a coaching course that really embodies a lot of what I'm talking about today of making that shift from head to heart of you might be stuck in that achievement mindset of I've done all the things, but my life isn't changing. What's happening? This course is designed specifically for those achievement type people looking to take that next step. So all of that's on my website. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to plug that. And then parting words, what's really coming through, what I'm feeling compelled to share is just do your best to accept where you're at, that you can be in a really shitty situation and mm -hmm. life might be just throwing hammers at you and you're pummeled feeling hopeless. But as cheesy as it is, I don't want to say, yeah, that's okay, just stay there. But ask yourself one of the deepest, biggest, most transformational questions that I've ever been shown is what's trying to emerge here? All right. What's trying to emerge in this situation? If you're feeling yeah. super anxious, what's trying to emerge through that? Yeah. Where has that protected you from in the future or in the past? And how is that something that you want to keep in your life? So just question everything, question your own beliefs, be confident in who you are, be open to new experiences, and really just embrace the beauty that life is and the wide capacity that we have to experience deep, deep darkness and deep, deep light and embracing the whole situation. I think that's the lot. And I don't want to, I want to make sure I do not at all stain what you just said, but I, I want to add to that. I mean, cause here's the best thing. Please. I think you don't, what happens is a tragedy. Something might happen. Right. And of course, I think all of our first instincts is why, or I wish we could go back in time and we can change it. But I think some of the most su other successful people and not so much monetarily, I've met two people, for example, who have turned death into huge charities here in Delaware. Right. Like, 
Look, I don't doubt that there's still pain and they're still not lost for them. Um, one of them is, you know, lost their child. But this is now mm. a huge charity that's making a lot of money for other children that are suffering cancer, right? I don't doubt and this individual doesn't miss her baby every day, right? But like, at least, and I think she would tell you this too, and I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but like, there's got to be something that, you know, helps her sleep every night knowing like, all right, look, but you know, the money we've raised maybe caught something, you know, in a child early enough where another parent, you know, didn't yeah. have to lose their child. So I think to your point, I think that's where you have to kind of stay the course, right? And not just give up, you know, when something immediately happens to you that's bad. It's really just being able to take that blow, kind of reassessing and calming down. And dude, you said it beautifully. So again, I don't, I don't want to mess it up, but I, I really like when you say that, I immediately just think of like examples of like people that, yeah, like they had some shit happen to them. And, but you know what? They were like, you know, they figured out a way. And even if they didn't solve it for themselves, like nothing solves, you know, losing someone, right? Like that doesn't get solved, but at least you can put a piece back on the puzzle board by now helping someone else. You know what I mean? Totally. And I'll just add one thing. I know we're getting to the end of our time is one thing that I guarantee all those people have in common or any examples that all of you listening might be thinking of is they didn't run away from the pain. They didn't hide from it. It wasn't not acknowledging that this tragedy happened. Like I can't imagine losing a child. Death right. and loss is extremely difficult no matter the circumstance. But by remembering you're not the pain, you're not the loss, you're the container right. yep. that holds that. You're infinitely bigger than whatever situation is that's happening to you. And by shifting, is this happening to me or is this happening for me? It allows you to then go, wow, okay this sucks right now. And by no means, I'm not trying to tell anyone to cut short the grieving process or the acknowledgement that, yeah, life's really hard right now. But yeah, by all means, accept that. Feel it as deeply as you can for a minute and then go, okay, what's trying to emerge here? Well, and that's the other thing too. And the other situation, I tell my daughter this all the time. You gotta, she's gotta, but all of us, I do this myself. You're bringing up great points. So I I know I gotta go for another call too, but you gotta also, yeah, you just said it. Um, I want to paraphrase what you said beautifully, but like, yeah, you got to stop thinking, why did this happen to me? A lot of things don't happen to you, but we're just by nature. So because again, listen, there's no secret, right? In your mind, you're the most important person of your universe, right? Everything in your mind. And, and of course we can't go out there and say and talk like this, but in your mind, you're selfish. You worry about yourself first and foremost. That's just I got to assume 99% of us, I know we talked about being gratuitous. I know we talked about giving, but we do make every action a lot of times based on what would make ourselves happy first. Am I right? Totally. I mean, look at boxing. What's the first thing that the ref says, you know, protect yourself at all all times. times. Yeah. So it's not pummel this person and win. It's, hey, protect yourself at all times. That's the first thing that they say. So, but I'll say this, a lot of times what happens is you get so, yo, why did this happen to me? What about me? Like, and it's kind of like, you got to take a step back and say, okay, this, this happened. It's not necessarily to me. I think, yeah, if you don't take it so personal, it's going to be a little better, but Jeremy, you know, look, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Definitely. Maybe we can add like a part two. You're very influential and I love what you're doing and I'm going to, you know, subscribe to your podcast and add that to my playlist too, and, and get hyped as much as I can as well. So thank you so much, Jeremy and everyone that's listening. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Jeremy. Awesome, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys soon. Awesome guys. Thank you.